0: Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. This is our um, this is our third week's uh, in our series of, of Better Now. And um, uh, in our first week, we looked at our relationship with, with God the Father, Uh, And how uh, the relational good news that we have in that. Uh, Last week, Daryl looked at the greatest example and showed us that um, we have a friend in Jesus. uh, And that impacts our relationships. Um, So the first week, we looked at God. The second week, we looked at Jesus. Can anybody guess who we're looking at this morning? The Holy Spirit, well done. Well done. Today, we're going to explore Spirit-led relationships Spirit-led relationships, and in our journey and understanding how that impacts um, from the gospel into our relationships, uh, and we turn our attention to the, 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 the transfer, transfer, um, transformational role that the Holy Spirit plays in that. And today's passage, it, it really invites us to walk in His Spirit, to walk in His Spirit. And, and when we do that, we exceed the limitations that, that our human nature has and our desires. It's good news, right? And as we embrace the Holy Spirit, as we embrace the Holy Spirit, we enter into this deep partnership with God, and we're no longer bound by the chains of our former self, and we are able through the Spirit to align our hearts and our minds with God's purposes. We also see in this passage that we're, we're assured of adoption into God's family. This is great news, church. The adoption not only resh- um, reshapes our relationships with God, but then it, it has this overflowing, outward ripple effect influencing our connection with, with each other. So this is really exciting. I hope you're excited this morning to be in church, eh? Right? Good. With that being said, let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I encourage you, as always, to have them open, look along, and we'll be talking back over the passages as we go through today's sermon, so make sure you keep it open. And again, we're using the translation of the NIV. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through to 17. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the uh, the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even uh, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Hallelujah. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation that it is not, the, not to the flesh, but to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to the sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Can we say Abba, Father? The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to take your mind back to week one, and the passage that I spoke from, from 1 John, it had the word love in it a lot, all right? Well, today's word that we repeated a lot is spirit, is spirit. And in fact, Romans chapter 8, the word spirit or Holy Spirit is mentioned 22 times. It's more than any other part of the Bible. You see, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God Enters you and you receive His power. How do we know that? Look at Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be My witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Holy Spirit enters you. And the first thing that I want to look at with us today is that in Spirit-led relationships, we are empowered by this Spirit. We are empowered by the Spirit. You see, Romans 8 shows both how to live by the Spirit and to let the peace rule in your heart. The Holy Spirit within us continually testifies to us that you are, in fact, children of God. Children of God. He reassures us of our relationship with God to convince us that nothing can separate us from His love. Nothing can separate us from His love. It's good news, amen? This is a passage of hope Because we know our future is bright in Christ. Amen? Come on, we have to be a bit more noisy this morning. You see, in Romans 7, just one chapter back, let's explore this for a second. Paul gives this really transparent view of what an out-of-control life looks like. And he tries to be righteous in his own strength without the Holy Spirit's leading. He's telling us, this is who he is. He's telling us, that he, he, in his, he's in his present condition, and he's trying to do this on his own without the help of the Holy Spirit. And he's not giving excuses. He's actually exposing the problem. He's exposing the issue that he's trying to do it on his own strength. You see, what, we'll, what he'll show us in Romans 8 is that he he has a solution for this. So look with me, um, just so we can paint the picture. Flick back to Romans chapter 7, verses 19 to 25, and it will be on the screen. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work within me, uh, waging a war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Can you hear his tone when he's saying this? What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, Romans 7, it describes our life before we submit to the Holy Spirit's control. It's about a power struggle that we'll have in our unsurrendered way of life. Before we're truly led by the Spirit. And and, and it's a life of ups and downs. And because it's a life that we're really reluctant to risk this intimacy with God, to, to fully surrender, to fully give all control to God. And what Paul is saying here is if we live in that tension it will ultimately lead to death. You see, a life that is doing that, that is controlled by your own desires, your own strength, is a life that is probably more directed by our feelings, by our impulses, and by our untamed desires of our flesh. You see, Romans 8 is the rest of the story. You see, after we submit Uh, our Romans 7 existence, if you picture with me, to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives, the life, the peace, and the victory we have only comes when we submit to His authority in our lives. John 16 verse 13 says this, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. You see, there's this tension which I've talked about before, but I want to reiterate it. With only God's Word, with only God's Word, but not submitting to the Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll, you'll live in a tension like Romans 7 says. Because you're, you're, you're not being guided or controlled by the Holy Spirit's desires, but you'll be trying to do it on your own strength. You see, we 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 get so caught up sometimes in understanding and reading the Bible, and of course that's hugely important. But we've got to rely on God's Spirit to help us with it. With only the Holy Spirit, then we neglect God's Word, which is hugely important and is truth. You see, you, uh, the, the Romans ten seven says this that that, or seventeen. Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes from hearing and receiving God's Word about Jesus. Therefore that you might not be able to tell the difference between the desires of the flesh and the desires of the Spirit if you're not interested in receiving God's Spirit. Proverbs three, uh, three times in Proverbs, it warns us that the way seems right to us, but it leads to death. When we rely on our own strength and our own understanding of things, it can lead to death. That's why we need to surrender ourselves fully to God's Spirit. You see, when you live a life that is empowered by the Spirit, I truly believe there's some things that we can look for that helps us gauge that we're doing that, that we're in that process, that we're in that, that way of living when we surrender our lives to Christ. And these are the things that I use when it comes to mentoring people. I like to, to ask the question, how, how are you going with this? How are you going with that? And what I'm looking for and what I, what I hope for is that people have a strong desire for these things and I mean a strong desire. I want to do these things. Now, we might not always get it right, because remember, we are humans, and we haven't reached glory just yet. But there should be a strong desire for, for reading God's Word, right? There should be a strong desire to pray. There should be a strong desire to worship God. There should be a strong desire to serve the Lord. There should be a strong desire to be generous, that we're tithing regularly, should be a strong desire to be in community with other believers. And of course, really importantly, should be a strong desire to share the love of Jesus with people. You see, what we're doing is we're trying to cultivate a life that is aligned with what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. And it's this ongoing process that requires, at times, patience and persistence. But we've got to keep going. Because we're empowered by the Spirit and we can do it. You know, and there might be times in our lives, if we're honest, that we have times of doubt and struggle. I know I've definitely been there, but we're continuing to seek God's guidance and trust His plan for our lives. You see, when we're empowered by the Spirit, we have stronger Spirit-led relationships. That's our first thing. Secondly, when we have Spirit-led relationships that are empowered by the Spirit, it takes us deeper. It takes us deeper in our relationship with God and other people takes us deeper. You see, these aren't just surface-level relationships when it's empowered by the Spirit. When we live a life that is empowered by the Spirit, He wants to take us deeper, deeper into the revelation of who Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit does this incredible thing. He takes biblical concepts, and He makes them a reality in our daily lives. And when that happens, it impacts our relationships, Romans 5, verse 5 says this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You see, when we move from knowing the truth of God in our heads to knowing the truth of God in our hearts, something shifts. Something shifts. You see, we will know the love of God more fully when we allow the Spirit to fill our hearts. We will know the love of God more fully when we allow the Spirit to fill our hearts. Um, in our discussion guide this week, and you know Isaac does such a fantastic job with those discussion guides, doesn't he? Let's give him a hand. I really appreciate it. One of, one of the questions in the discussion guide this week, um, I was just looking over it as I was preparing for today, and it, it really. Really hit me, and I and I wanted to wanted to share some thoughts on it. One of one of the questions was this: How have you personally experienced the transformative influence of the Holy Spirit in your thoughts and emotions? At the start, it really annoyed me that question because it made me start to dig really deep into what what God has been doing in my life. And I, I want to share a story with you. Um, before before we came to New Zealand. Um, back in, in 2014, uh, Sarah and I were on a, a mission trip. We were, were, we were in Thailand, uh, in Chiang Mai, and we were serving in an orphanage. Uh, it's just incredible how God's Spirit works, you know, all things together for His good, right? They, um, we were trying to decide on, on what orphanage to go to and uh, praying about it, and we came across this orphanage, and uh, we just really felt God was leading us, that this was the, this was the right decision. And um, we didn't know this until we got there, but apparently they had been praying for, for months for two worship leaders to come and be at the orphanage to help the kids learn about music and about God through music. So when we got there and they told us this, we had a bit of a chuckle about it, and we said, all right, God's got a plan for us to be here, right? And, and for those who don't know, Sarah and I both led worship a lot back in Ireland, uh, and, and we had this time in Thailand, and it was I would say it's one of those moments in my life where it was completely just transformed my life for Jesus. You know, I had a real passion to do whatever God wanted me to do. I came out of Bible college just before we went overseas to, to, to travel, and I, I had this incredible time in Bible college, and then when I came out of Bible college, I said, no, Lord, don't want to be a pastor. No chance. And it um, turns out you can't say those things to God at all. I just really felt like God was going to do something in our hearts and stir something in us. So anyway, we were we were had this time in Thailand, and every morning the, the leader of the orphanage would gather us together, and he would do a morning devotion, and we'd pray and we'd worship God, uh, and we always had food together, and it was just this marvelous time. I really enjoyed it. Every time was just fantastic, but I could really sense God was was going to do something this morning, and and the orphanage leader said. I really feel it in my spirit to pray over pray over you guys and to to just just spend time waiting on God and this wasn 't language that I was familiar with. you know I grew up in a, a pretty conservative background of a church, and this this language of like waiting on God or allowing god 's spirit to move wasn 't something I was was familiar with. But that, that morning, anyway, th- there was this, this moment where the, the orphanage leader was going through the devotion, and he started to pray, and, and then everyone started to pray, and then I had this moment. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I had this moment where I started to have the, the sweaty hands and feel, oh, I feel a wee bit uncomfortable here, and I feel it might come on me, like might, the tension might turn to me, so I had that panic moment where I was like, oh, Lord, what are you doing? What What's happening here? But anyway, we continued on, and the orphanage leader just felt like a real sense in God to to come and pray for me, and he laid his hands on me. And I'm telling you my experience. This is this is this is what happened for me in that moment. And he laid his hands on me, and I felt an overwhelming, and I can't describe it in any other way, but overwhelming sense of God from head to toe. And it's already forty degrees in Thailand but I'm pretty warm. (laughs) But I feel this like flush of God just fill me from head to toe. And there's no way that I can explain it anything else than God's spirit was just filling me. It was so real. And that moment just sticks out so, so much in my journey with God. But here's the thing. I did say I grew up in a conservative background, right? So we we left the devotion time And I thought to myself, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe that was the (laughs) hate. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe that wasn't. And I wasn't sure. So anyway, I did what every good Christian should do. I went back to God's Word. And I decided to spend some time with him and pray and worship with him by myself. Now, the weirdest thing ever happened. I felt God say, and remember, I'm Protestant who grew up in Ireland. And I felt God say, take a candle with you take a candle with you. I didn't really ever had that ex- like a sp- experience like that before, and I couldn't understand it. So here I am, found my own space at this orphanage. I've got my Bible, and I've got a candle. And I'm like, what am I doing with a candle? This is weird. So anyway, I, I light the candle, and I'm looking at the flame, and I'm like, Lord, you've got to give me something that this is of you. This is what you want for my life. Like I really felt God was calling me into something deeper. And I opened up my Bible, and I turned to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, and this is what it said. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And with fire. And with fire. And from that moment on, I truly committed my life to a life of service. And a life that was allowing His Spirit to lead me. And I surrendered everything that in that moment to Him. And here I stand as a pastor in a church, which I didn't want to do. But God has me here. A life of surrender changes everything. So, we've looked at how we are empowered by the Spirit. And when we allow that to happen, our relationships will be deeper. And the third point I want to give us this morning is that when we have Spirit led relationships, we have to be holy. Be holy. You see, this passage talks about it quite a bit, the flesh of our, our God-given appetites. You know, here's the thing, and I want you to understand this. The cravings and the appetites that we have, hunger for food, hunger for relationships, for feelings, for experience, for control, these, these are God-given things to us. But sin has its own plan for how we should use those things. You see, sin has a plan for those things that, that's not a part of God's plan, and it, it greatly affects our desires and our, 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 uh, our expectations of ourselves. You see, but when, when, when you love God and you fully surrender, it changes everything. And here's why look with me, please, at, at Romans 8, verses 5, the passage that we read. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on the, what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You see the tension. You see the tension. Think about it this way to make it really simple for us to understand. For those of us who've had dogs, there's a tension, right? When it comes to training a dog... It's a horrible process. Think about this. You're walking your dog down the path, and on the left-hand side, you've got these dog treats, you've got the squeaky, annoying squeaky toys, and you've got all the dogs. And, and, and there's just this nature in that dog that no matter what we say or do, it will be attracted to the, the treats, the squeaky toy, and, and other dogs. But through training and, and, and good good instruction, that when you say no with a stern voice, you'll make it through, right? And that's a dog that's well-trained. I've never had that happen in my life yet. But as long as that dog listens and, and looks to the master and understands what his role and responsibility in that moment is, it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. And things will be good but it needs it needs training and it needs to be disciplined it needs that uh, discipline on how to to culture and uh, and curb that inner nature that it has desire just to run off and do its own thing you see the spirit says no to sin and calls for us to 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 look up so that we can live you see, people who refuse to live by this new directive, by this, by this leading of God's Spirit. And they say these things like, oh, that's just, that's just who I am. And, you know, Isaac spoke to this a few weeks back in one of our series that, that we sit in this struggle street for a long time and we just say, oh, that's who I am. I, I, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not responsible for my sins. But I truly believe that's just spiritual blindness. I really do because we keep reading verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If needed, and indeed, the Spirit of God lives in you. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. If you are in Christ, the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. The things that we let conquer and defeat us, like lust, jealousy, ungodly desires, they're not bigger than death. Jesus conquered death, and it's good news, amen? Verse 12 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have this obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. I want to say say something this morning. This This is big when it comes to the identity perspective, and I truly believe it has implications on us politically on and globally as uh, 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 on how we picture this um, but often this is this is what our culture says today that you need to listen to your feelings you need to listen to your feelings what what, what, is your, what does your feelings say but i I want to help this morning by painting the picture that for for an identity perspective that you are not your feelings remember we are born with a sinful nature. You are not your feelings. Being true to yourself does does not mean that you're true to your feelings. But being true to yourself means to be who God says you are. And what does God say to those of you who are followers of Christ? When you accept, control, to the Spirit. You give control to the Spirit in your life. When you put to death the misdeeds of your body, do what you know from His Word, and He'll give you a life, a life-giving life. You see, there is a cost to following Jesus, but church, there's a cost that is so much more if you don't. Faith is trust plus action, not just knowledge. Our sin and our pride, they keep us from trusting the goodness of God so that we never act on it. Jesus says our love for Him is measurable. What does He say? John 14, 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. You see, Satan's at work. Don't, don't be even full for a second, but Satan's at work. And he knows that he can't take Jesus off the throne. But what he thinks he can do is take Jesus off the throne of your heart. And the only thing God is asking for you is to, to give up whatever it is that, that, that is, is that is holding you back from a, a life fully surrendered to Him. Because that's never who you were created to be in the first place. The Spirit is asking you these questions that when you're in your job, when you're at work, that you represent Him. That you represent Him and, and not your own desires. Uh, the, the Spirit of God is asking you that when you're out with your mates and, and you're having conversations, that, that you represent Him and not, not your own desires and your own thoughts. Uh, the Spirit of God is saying that when you're alone with a girl or a boy, that you represent Him and not the or not the desires of your flesh. Uh, the Spirit of God is with you whenever you're making that deal in business, that you represent Him and not your desire to be Greedy. And when you don't agree with someone, the Spirit of God is asking you to have a Christ-like attitude. And when someone hurts you through healing, the Spirit of God is asking you to offer grace and forgiveness, just like Christ forgive you. You see, when we come into this agreement with God and His Word, and taking in as much of His Word as we possibly can, the Spirit will guide us each step of the way if we live a life of surrender to Him. And our thinking will become more like Him, and we'll become more like who God says that you really are, which in Colossians chapter 3, what, how, does, how does He describe you? He says that you're my dearly loved children, holy and dearly loved we'll look more like Him, we'll see more like Him, and as you see, as He sees, it becomes easier to do what He says. But sometimes we live in this tension where we feel like God's Spirit is saying something and it doesn't quite line up. Sometimes we live in this tension where we feel like our impulses are saying something to us, and we, we picture that, and we mask that and saying, this is God's Spirit saying something to me, and it doesn't quite line up. Well, I want to say something this morning. If what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, and it doesn't line up with Scripture and what Jesus taught, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not God. It's most likely your own personal desires and the devil deceiving you that into thinking that it's the Holy Spirit. It must line up with God's word and what Jesus taught. And that's why it's important that we are called, and here's how we know this is true, because we are called to live what? By spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. Turn around to your neighbor and say, Spirit and truth. Both must completely align. Are you with me this morning? You know, I've heard it described this way. The decision that I'm needing to make or the desire that I'm trying to follow, will it take me closer to God and that I can bring honor to Him? Or will it take me further away from God and bring dishonor to Him? Will it bring me closer to God and give Him honor? Or will it take me further away from Him and bring dishonor? You see, we're we're empowered by the Spirit. And then when we do that, we go deeper in our relationships to live a life that is holy. And lastly, our Spirit-led relationships, you need to know this, that you are marked by the Spirit. You are marked by the Spirit. You see, when you see who you are in Christ, I need you all to listen really carefully. When you see who you are in Christ, A child of God made alive with power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Are you hearing this? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. And a life that is surrendered to the Holy Spirit. He works everything together for His good. And ultimately, all we're doing is giving more testimony to who God is. Our lives should represent a life that is of worship to Him so that He gets the glory. Not for us. It's nothing to do with us. He doesn't even need us. But yet He chooses to use us. When we live a life of surrender, completely surrender to Him, completely surrender to Him, He gets the glory. He gets the glory. We'll be a people that are drawn closer to God who are reaching people far and wide. It's good news this morning, amen? Don't just go to church. Be the church. Don't just go to church. Be the church. Be who you're called to be. A life of surrender is so much better. There'll be times it'll be hard, no doubt. We all have struggles. I know that. You know that. But a life without Jesus, fully surrender to Him is not worth living. It's not worth living. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Wow. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. No, we're not slaves so that we can live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about adoption to the sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. The inheritance that you receive for following Jesus is incredible. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order, that we also may share in his glory. We have a gracious God. We really do. You see, this concept of adoption in Christianity, it shapes our relationship with God by highlighting that our identity not our feelings, our identity, as beloved children, we're emphasizing this unconditional love that God has for us through love and forgiveness and pointing us to this life of transformation that ultimately has an inheritance with Jesus. It deepens our, our, our sense and our belonging of family that God has called us into and calls us to live out faith and love and obedience And we have this sense of responsibility that we are here as a community of believers this morning to live a life like that. And it's really important. I need you to hear this. It's really important that being marked by the Spirit is not anything to do with our personal pride or self-promotion. But rather about acknowledging the work of the Holy Spirit in one's life and giving glory to God. The only thing we boast in is Jesus Christ. Amen only thing we boast in is Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.